It is the Supercoach Professionals Podcast. We're back for another week. Ryan MS back in the chair, the hot seat, if you will. How are you, mate? Good, mate. How are you? Yeah, good. And, of course, I am Paulie G. Uh, good to be back this week. I'll tell you what, Supercoach, we've, it, it's making us all tear our hair out this year. I think the new prices, we've touched on it before, aren't helping with the ups and downs, but also some low point scores or expect better higher point scorers centers and wingers oh, forget about it but we will be trying to break that down tonight try to make life a bit easier for you i know a lot of the tweets are coming in or around those subject matters whether it's trade strategy whether it's center and wingers so we'll get to that um asap basically but we do need to go to injuries report the injury report first with pat lyons um, from could Bay health and injury care nathan brown well he has a high ankle sprain expected back in two weeks pat's saying it's about right with that information that that uh, he's got which isn't a lot to be fair wacker blake um, he faces at least a month on the sidelines after suffering an ankle injury um now, that revealed a high-grade syndesmosis injury. Um, we know how much <laughs> Pat loves that term, um, syndesmosis, or the over-use uh, of the word, but uh, it does look like at least four weeks, and it really could be a longer period. Um, so at the moment, Isaiah Yo, spoiler alert for the team lists um, that we're about to do, um, has been named in the centres. So interesting there, because obviously if you've owned Ville Kick Kickow, um, it looks like he could get extra minutes due to that Um couple of ones that probably don't have a lot of supercoach relevance, but we should just mention them. Russell Packer, knee injury out perhaps for a month, and Sam Williams, four to six weeks. Um, also a medial ligament to his knee. Um, I guess, Ryan, a, a couple of things with that as we're looking to see who those replacements are. Alex Twall got the opportunity for, for Wests, and then Blake Austin at the moment for the Raiders, but, you know, there's an issue. There's a cloud over Jack Whiten, so maybe Brad Abbey's been named in the 21. So there's some supercoach relevant people floating about that could be involved with these um, injuries, etc. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think with the injuries and the possible off-field issues for some players, um, it might be good just to, yeah, just to keep an eye on things. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll obviously update you on Twitter uh, for any news that's, uh, you know, going to... Uh, make a difference to your team i'd assume sooner rather than later with the news in regards to the raiders anyway (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) um should also mention clint gutherson coming back from injury Uh, again we're going to tease that in the in the team lists but um that's something with the acl to see how he'll come back obviously the predictor after what he did last year having him going large but obviously tempering it a bit with the fact that he's just coming back from that acl and josh reynolds named on the bench coming back from a hamstring strain as well. And that's all for Coogee Bay Health and Injury Care. Go visit Pat. If you don't, um, if you haven't seen him yet and you live in the area, in the eastern suburbs of Sydney, we thoroughly recommend it. And you get 20% off your first visit if you visit our website, www.supercoachpros.com, and simply follow the link from that for the booking. So well worth doing if you do need to see a physio. Let's go to the best for round five now. Joe Arrow, Ryan, we've talked him up. I think it was on this very show two weeks ago. He said that no matter what you do, he's got to be a trading target. Well, you know, a fortnight later, 138. What a mammoth performance. Two tries obviously helping, but it, but it's not just that that's racking up the big numbers for Arrow. Yeah, absolutely. Like, well, <laughs> he, it's hard to describe. Um, like, yeah, he got... He got two tries in that game 
um, against Manly. But, um, yeah, just a huge work rate. This guy he plays between, um, you know, he plays about the 60-minute, let's say the 60 minutes, you know, per game. Um, and he's just gotten, getting better each and every game. His scores have, you know, have gone up. Um, and, you know, to have a score of nearly 140. Mm, um, for a forward. Just, <laughs> yeah, absolutely amazing for a forward, yeah. Absolutely, yeah, especially if I'm playing middle third. Ryan James is out this week, suspended. Arrow's minutes could go up even further, potentially. Uh, in that same game, Michael Gordon, we know, and we had talked about it in the recaps. If you've got our app, you'll be reading those, saying, look, any given week, Michael Gordon's got potential. We know his goal-kicking ability and backing-up ability. 100 points for him. Anthony Milford, it's the matchup that it's fail-safe, this matchup against the Knights. Halves, um, or halves against the Knights. Ryan Anthony Milford um, breaking out of the shadows for a big 100. And reality-wise, he made a few errors. He could have gone even larger. Yeah, to be honest, like, for a 100-point game, I didn't think it was, you know, a fantastic game by Milford. No. Obviously, a massive improvement on um, what he's produced most of the year. But, yeah, as I said, the matchup was there, um, and, it, and it, yeah, came to fruition. And, yeah, probably, in all honesty, probably should have been around the 130 mark. Cameron Munster and Riley Jacks are going to get that opportunity. Another spoiler alert, Riley Jacks being named for the Storm this week against the Knights. Andrew Fafita, well, he rolled back the clock a little bit, supercoach-wise, in this one, 95 points. Wasn't a lone ranger either. Paul Gallon was right up there as well. Um, Isaac Luke, this was a really good display against the Cowboys, 94 points. Um, again, another guy rolling back the supercoach clock. Kieran Foran. Well, in fact, even in his heyday with Manly, often he didn't rack up the fantasy points. So 93 from him, that was perhaps a bit of a surprise. We knew against the Raiders he would do well. But uh, I think even even with the predictor helping us and having him you know, in Moneyball circles anyway, saying he'd, he'd be a great pickup, still 93. Probably didn't see that one coming. Ryan Madison. Ryan, another matchup that the predictor was basically flashing lights, saying um, right edge forwards against the Sharks. And another big game um, on the back of that Ryan Madison of course a dual position player and someone if you did stick him in there at the start of the year as a centre and wing he'd be pretty happy with that performance admittedly on the back of a really favourable uh, matchup Yeah it was but you should be happy if you've got him in your team because um, he's getting better and better um, as a player and like super coach wise as well um, his points are you know fluctuating you know low to high Um but the lows aren't that low when the highs are getting higher and higher and he's mm. starting to play. Um, well, it was an 80-minute game against the Sharks um, and he's played two other 80-minute games against the Bulldogs and the Knights with um, the other two games this year being 60 minutes. So he's definitely gearing himself towards being a, an 80-minute player. Um, be interesting to see what Trent Robinson does with him for the rest of the season, but I can gather that he's, got to play he's not going to dip below that. Yeah. Yep. Daly Chervens, yet another one. Titans, obviously, um, half, halves do very well against the Titans. He did his level best to get Manly into that game and over the top. Wasn't to be, but certainly not on any fault of his efforts. 86 supercoach points. David Fusatua also 86, but we know whenever Sean Johnson's in the team, Fusatua has that ability to go large. Joey Leilua, great to see him come back. We're going to talk about his outside uh, partner in crime later in the show. A little tease there for you. But Joey Leilua, 86, and of course we mentioned Gallon when when, um, when Fafita's name came up there, also right up there, 86.
84. Some other good names as well, Kyle Felt uh, and Lachlan Fitzgibbon with 83, joining Luke Brooks, um, who, you know, we, it'll be a while before we trust him yet, supercoach-wise, but good to see him um, polling some points there. Matt Moylan playing fullback, also 83, so that's going to be worth a watch list. And Damien Cook, 82, continues to, to make it happen from the hooking position. All right, let's move on to this week and team changes for round six, starting with the Roosters-Souths game. No changes for the Roosters. Souths, though, get Richard Kenner back. I tell you what, uh, Ryan, I was really starting to look closely at needing to, to make an adjustment in my centre and wingers with Kenner not getting named. So this is a this is a great reprieve for uh, for his owners that he's been named this week with Gagai moving back to the centres and, and Hummel Hunt to the reserves. Yeah, I was the same. I was hanging on to him, <laughs> just hoping and hoping. Um, but it's good to see him back there. Uh, he provides a hell of a lot of options for you in a uh, area that's pretty hard to pick at the moment um, in Supercoach. That the Storm v. the Knights, well, they have dropped Brody Croft, which really means now with Riley Jacks there, you're probably looking to bring him straight in because he's um, certainly on the two-round predictor due to do very well. If you look at, at if you own the app and look at the two-round predictor there, um, there's some options too in your halves to make some changes there. And, uh, well, Kenny... Kenny Bromwich gets to start over Tim Glasby with that could change back, of course. Mitch Barnett suspended for the Knights, so um, Daniel Saifidi will start. Jacob Saifidi to the bench. Um, the Dragons v. the Sharks. Uh, St. George Lawara have named Harme Selly this week like they usually do, but they've also named Jerry, Jeremy Lattimore. So both will play. Lawrence Leilua um, not named there. Cronulla, Sasai Fecky's out. So is James Seguiaro so with injuries. So Edric Lee comes onto the wing. Dugan's back in the centres. Jesse Ramian drops back to the 21 out of, out of the 17. Kurt Dillon's the guy that will come in on the bench replacing Sigiaro's interchange. So potentially Braley gets more minutes, um, although Joe Paulo could slot into dummy half there as well. Interesting to note, Kyle Flanagan's been named in the 21 as well. Uh, it's the coach's son, and he's at half, and we know Hodkinson's playing there now with Moylan being moved to fullback. That's that's a sort of certainty now for Moylan to stay there and Dugan as slotting back in the centres. So I guess the question mark will be, can Hodkinson fill that role? Or will Flanagan get an opportunity? And he'll be certainly someone you have to have on your watch list as a cheapy potential down the road. Um, Warriors beat the Broncos. No changes for the Warriors. Why would there be? Isaiah Papali, uh, we loved him in the opening weeks. Look, he has been added to the 21. If you, for some reason, uh, owned him, I, I think a lot of people were scared away from the season before and didn't jump on too early, and then he had the injury. But Matt, perhaps you had owned him and then held him. So um, obviously with the Warriors going so well, he can't crack immediately back into the lineup, which is a bit of a worry. And then even if he does get into the 17, he may not start. So that's a concern. Sam Cook added to the 21. Um, you know, we, we were continuing to monitoring it. It would take an injury for him to be relevant, but we know he has the ability. He plays a lot like Isaac Luke, who's been in, in career best form essentially the last few weeks. Um, but obviously if Luke was to go down, Cook suddenly becomes relevant. Um, the Broncos, well, Isaac, uh, Alex Glenn, I should say, has been named in the left edge. So Jaden Sewer back to the interchange. Tom Opicic going to the reserves. North Queensland v the Bulldogs. Lachlan Coote has finally been named at fullback, but Ben Hampton keeps his spot in the starting lineup. It's Javid Bowen that makes way. Hampton will play left centre. Bowen becomes one of the reserves. Canterbury are one to seventeen, but I should add. 
Ryan, Matt Frawley being added to the 21. Jeremy Marshall King has hardly been setting the world on fire there uh, and, and there could be the potential for Frawley to be reinstated, you would think, sooner rather than later. Yeah, look, I, I'm really not sure about this number six for the Bulldogs and I don't think they are either. Um, I don't think they know who to put in there or if they want to move four and back there and move someone else into the seven. I don't know, but Frawley's there. He's probably ready to go. Marshall King um, had a good game, but then he's uh, dropped off after that um, initial burst. So there's every chance that Matt Frawley could come in. I, I, yeah, I just... You may don't, have been, I, don't, I don't see where where the, where the good number six is coming there, from. There's no good number six. And you may have been sort of lulled into the getting so desperate to get rid of Cartwright that you've put in Jeremy Marshall King on the back of that one good game, but now potentially he's not even going to be playing. So there's concerns there. He's not, they're not the only concern in the halves. Let's face it, Lachlan Croker at Manly has been a bit of a disaster uh, as well. And at least Cartwright came back and had a good game if you held on to him. Um, but many of you didn't. So, you know, the, <laughs> the problems in the half, five, eight positions continue. Um, Raiders v. the Eels, well, they've lost their halfback, not that he's super coach relevant, in Sam, but they've lost Sam Williams, as we said earlier in the show. So Blake Austin will be named, or is named at 5'8". Jack Whiten has been named at fullback. We don't expect him to play this week. Um, he's basically, I believe, heading to court tomorrow. There is some CCTV vision that will be presented, potentially, uh, in court. Whether the court gets adjourned or not, I guess, is, is the is the, um, is the question mark, but... Once that CCTV vision becomes public, um, the rumours are that Jack Whiten will not uh, be playing, taking any more part on the field this year. So Brad Abbey being named as a reserve could go to fullback. Nick Kotrick, who's moved back to the left wing, played fullback last week. He could get the opportunity there. Even Jordan Rappiner, um potentially has the ability to play there, whether Stuart will put him there or not. It's probably unlikely, considering Kotrick got the nod last week. Josh Papali got named on the bench after being dropped last week in place of Liam Knight. So there's a few things going on in Raiders Town to keep an eye on. Same with the Eels. They've lost Nathan Brown. He's probably the only guy that you you own from Parramatta, so that's a bit of a blow out for a couple of weeks. He's not an essential hold. If you're trying to manipulate your lineup in such a way to get... um, someone like a Jordan Rappiner in because he's very affordable or a Paul Gallon. Nathan Brown's definitely someone that could be moved on simply because Parramatta aren't playing at a high standard and he has a great floor but his ceiling isn't as high as it would be if Parramatta were, were playing a little bit better. Clint Gutherson's back. Um, he's going to make a big difference to that side. He also has plenty of super coach potential so we'll be keeping an eye on how that pans out. Bevan French also back. Gutho will play fullback French on the wing. Um, for those that have picked up George Jennings or looking at picking him up this week, he's kept his spot in the wing. It's Josh Hoffman who's been benched um, to the reserves, I should say, not even benched. So he's out of the 17. And I would assume, Ryan, that when Jared Hayne comes back, Kirisoma Alvar may move, make, may make way rather than um, George Jennings. So the, the cheapy potential is is there longer term for him, even though last week he scored a try and still got a very low score. Yeah, look, that's the way I'm thinking it's going to go, uh, especially now that well, uh, we've seen that um, Hoffman's out of the 17 and Jennings keeps his spot. Um, you have to imagine that uh, with Hayne coming back, that Avar is the man to go there. 
And um, we're going to talk just a little bit more about some of these trade strategies shortly. So we're going to mention the George Jennings scenario um, when we get to that. Penrith, um, well, they play the Gold Coast. Wonka, Wonka Blake out, as we said earlier in the show. Isaiah Yo goes to the centres. We're, we're assuming Yo's been playing a bit of right edge, but um, Dean Farrow prefers to play right centre. And um, obviously with, with Blake there, he's been playing on the left. But we, we're sort of uh, predicting that Yo will go left centre and Farrow right centre. So just keep an eye out for that, um, which way it goes. But certainly with the predictor numbers, we're doing that. Harawira and Naira will come in on the right edge. That puts him um, with some potential, like we saw from him last year, racking up some numbers. We expect that that could bounce back for him, and obviously Kikau will get extra minutes. So he also has the potential um, to keep it going, basically. He's got a nice low break even. He's got plenty of upside, but now that base could really um, be improved, and he could become really an every-week um, starter for you. Um, it's Kate Ellis that comes onto the bench there um, in that change, um, to finish that change. Ryan James has been suspended, so Will Matthews returns on the left edge. Don't be surprised if Bryce Cartwright ends up even starting there. Certainly he'll play big minutes on the left edge if last Sunday's anything to go by. Um, Jack Stockwell's got the interchange spot over Keegan Hipgrave, who goes to the reserves. And uh, Ryan Simpkins joins the reserves too, could be a late inclusion. Uh, Manly v. the Tigers, Tommy... Uh, Turbo's back. Brad Parker's also back. He was a very late um, exclusion in that game last Sunday. Jack Koshevsky, another cheapy guy that uh, Pete and I talked about last week. Well, he's been promoted to start at the right edge. Now, we saw him more as a middle um, potential middle player, but certainly playing on the right edge at his cost does not diminish. In fact, he'll get good minutes, so it actually probably increases um, his ability to to rack up enough ba- enough points to certainly make some money for you. So he could be an interesting trade-in target this week. Frank Winnerstein back to the bench. Matt and John O'Reilly both dropped to the twenty um, in the twenty-one, but out of the seventeen. And quite a few changes for West Tigers. Russell Packer's out, injured. Uh, Peter Godinay's also been dropped. As has. Tui Lolahia, although Lolahia goes in, stays in the 21. Corey Thompson will play fullback. David Nofaluma's reinstated on the right wing. Um, Jacob Little gets the hookers role um, with with Josh Reynolds joining the bench. Alex Twall will start with no packer. So I say Sue is the interchange. Chris McQueen, interestingly enough, also joins the reserves. First time this year we're seeing him in the 21. So there's a few things going on there in West Tiger Town as well. Um, just before we get on to round six, Ryan, I just wanted to talk a little bit more about some of these trading targets. I know we went through it um, as we were reading out those team lists, but George Jennings, Riley Jacks, and Jack Goshevsky are, f- are three guys, very affordable, some very, very uh, right down the bottom in cheapness. All three of them have got quite a bit going for them. Um, I guess, how would you look at ranking them, George Jennings? There is that concern last week, didn't really get a lot of other stats like we see often with wingers coming in off their wing and having a few hit-ups getting a, getting some base stats up Corey Thompson we know is good at that for the Tigers also he, he can add tackle busts and offloads but even just those hit-ups Kyle Felt had a great day out um, last week but also had some good sort of base stats to go with his try and line break um, that's a concern we didn't see that so much from from George Jennings no uh, look, and it was a bit of a, a struggle of a game, really. Um, against Panthers, like it was close, and it's always, you know, always close between those two teams. And the ball really didn't get passed around a hell of a lot either. 
um, where you compare it to the week before against the Tigers, both teams sort of like, um, you know, decided to play a bit of footy. Um, and he, he did end up with a try in that game. But, um, yeah, it was a big difference between those two games. And that, that is the worry, especially with the way Parramatta are going at the moment. They're trying hard, but nothing's working for them. Um, their halves are ineffectual, and thus, you know, uh, they're negating any anything that the forwards do, uh, and, and they can't really get it out to um, to their strike players on yeah. the edge. Yeah. So it's it's a tough one to say. Yeah, George Jennings. You know, you should get him in. His price is very inviting, however. Yeah, and that early this high score that he got. Obviously, that drops off his three-round rolling average um, very quickly. So you will get one bump out of it, but you won't get that second bump. So that's a concern. Now, on the flip side, he's the only one of those three who is up for for a price change this week. So Koshevsky and Jacks, you could hold on another week. Obviously, the disadvantage of holding another week, and potentially for Jacks, Jacks, you may want to even put him in your 17 this week if you are picking him up because Melbourne got that great matchup against Newcastle. We saw him score well in that uh, earlier game this season that he subbed in for. So there is the possibility that Jacks can have another score well above 50 at, at minimum. Um, Goshevsky, look, he's got potential too to get a 50. Um, so, you know, you wait. you can wait on these guys um, if you're not going to put them in your 17 because they're going to cost the same next week and that opens up the door for George Jennings. The other thing is if um, if you're looking at higher price players and we're going to try to get into this a bit when we read out the, uh, the questions later on, the tweets and Facebook messages, we just need to start bringing in some core players, Keep, keeping rotating these cheapies and trying to make money um, is not a recipe for success in your week-to-week. And obviously, you're giving up points to opponents if you're playing overall. If you're in head-to-head, you might be dropping games that are, that you usually would win against opponents that you usually could beat because you're cultivating this lineup based upon a lot of guys that are due to keep popping. But a guy like Philip Sammy earned you 100 grand this week, but he only put up, I think he put up less than 30 super coach points. And when you're struggling for centre and wingers, you've got guys injured, etc., like Tommy T um, and Richard Kenner, and you've got to play these other guys, you know, that's a concern. And that's something that you have to be able to fix up because you're going to lose too much ground if you don't, but it means it's going to cost you money. And the key component of playing um, either overall or, or team matchups um, or league games is you really want to build that salary cap up. So there's a real conflict, conflicting at the moment with this new way where the prices are so up and down of, of holding on to players. People have seen people you know, throw players out very, very quickly because of those big price drops, but we're also seeing big price rises. I think, I think Bambi, we're getting sucked in too much looking at those bigger numbers and we're getting too caught up in the fact that they're due to lose all this money when perhaps we can't be... We have to reevaluate that and say, well, we used to think, you know, 20,000 wasn't that much to lose. Now maybe 50,000 isn't that much to lose. Gareth Widdop's due to lose 76,000 this week. So a lot of people want to jump off the Gareth Widdop bandwagon before he loses that money. But I just wonder whether that's just a little bit too risky and too short sighted, even though it looks good on paper because obviously with the salary cap changes, um, they're much higher. 
uh, amount. So that's something that we'll get a little bit more in depth with the um, the tweets, the Facebook messages. Let's move on to round six now. The best, well, we mentioned him before, and take this with some grain of salt. The Raiders have gave up so many supercoach points to Tommy T at fullback. So obviously hitting on that, uh, Clint Gutherson due to do best. It's his first game back from an ACL, so we need to temper that expectation. Another guy back from injury, Richard Kenner's due to do very well against the Roosters. Um, he's having having a, a good time there to start the season, and we know that our, the outside defence of the Roosters isn't the strongest. Um, Isaiah Yeo, another one to really get a, a step up, um, this time against um, the Titans. Um, even though, you know, perhaps part of that's due to the fact uh, of him moving, he is moving out to the centres, which we have in, included in that. Um, but we still know that that's probably not his regular position. So maybe, again, take that um, for what it is. Corey Thompson moves back to fullback. It's a good matchup for him. We saw what Michael Gordon did to Manly last week. Um, certainly playing Corey Thompson this week. Elliot Whitehead, as long as he remains on the right edge, is a good bet against the Eels. Um, He'll be running more at Corey Norman and the like, rather than Mitchell Moses, but it still worked pretty well. It worked pretty well for Robbie Rocco um, on that Easter Monday clash. A guy that we like, and again, no Sam Burgess, Ryan, is Cameron Murray, and he's right up there in this game against the Roosters. We saw Paul Gallen and Andrew Fafita. Obviously, those sort of games are played in the middle. This time, Murray gets his opportunity to really uh, rack up some points. Yes, um, Murray is a good... He's like a really good pick. If you've got him um, or want to get him in, then, yeah, there's no reason not to. The only thing that that I did read somewhere today that he didn't finish training, um, and so there may be a slight problem there, but mm. it's just something to keep an eye out for, and obviously, um, yeah, we'll keep you um, informed of any change there. But um, barring that, um, Ken Murray is a definite. Bill Kickow getting those extra minutes and the Titans, a lot of high-scoring games that the Gold Coast have been involved in already this year, so that could happen again. Gareth Whittup should bounce back against the Sharks. Um, we don't predict, predict him to go quite as well as his average, but still to score in the 70s, so, you know, that's a decent score. Cameron Munster, we love what Harves can do against the Knights. He's right up there. Had a good game, I thought, against the Tigers. I thought, Ryan, that was his best game in the Harves that we've seen maybe, well, certainly this year. Um, against against um, West Tigers, it was, and without a doubt, really. Um, look, we've said it before on this show a lot of times that we think fullback is his best spot. Um, but, however, against the Tigers, that was a really great game for him um, against a team that really kills off yeah. a lot of Supercoach scores. Um, well, they have been doing, you know, to, to date anyway. Um, and to yeah get 65 um, in a game where only yeah, you know it was 11-10, so not many points were scored. Um, yeah, that's a that's a possibly a turning point for um, for Cameron Munster, Supercoach uh, wise. Jake Jaborovic playing against those Tigers, we think those numbers will come down a little bit, but perhaps again a middle third player, he should be still safe. James Maloney is uh, right up there because it's halves against the Titans. Ryman Fatala Marin has been doing a great job. And the Cowboys, they've been giving up a bit to the edge players. Um, their edge defence has been pretty poor, actually. So Fatala Mariner is a good play this week. Dylan Edwards, 
and Tyron Peachy, other guys at target there from Penrith against the Gold Coast, and then Cam Smith against the Knights, and Andrew McCulloch against the Broncos, and another hooker, Apposite Coruscant, all right up there um, as well. And, and we do expect Angus Crichton, like we said, the same deal with Murray, he should have a good game. And Jonathan Thurston, we do expect he'll come back on North Queensland, playing the Bulldogs, left halfway, and Caesar had a really good game against the Bulldogs just last week. So we expect Thurston should bounce back. You can't knock a champion too much. He's copped a bit of criticism in the press, etc., uh, this past week. So he could certainly bounce back in this one. Um, looking just for price rises and falls and expectations there, Richard Kenner, great that he's finally been named. He's going to get a nice bump, as is Jai Arrow. So if you missed the boat on Arrow, well, you can you can still catch up, basically. George Jennings, we mentioned him earlier, a big price rise expected. Kyle Felt, if you're kind of scratching in centre and wingers, he you know he could do worse than Kyle Felt due to go up seventy thousand. He's he's only just at about four hundred odd at the moment, so. That's an interesting one. Philip Semi will get another bump, even though he had a poor game last week, um, just on the on the back of, of his score two weeks ago. And then you're looking at the likes of James Fisher-Harris, Robbie Rocco, uh, Ville Kickow, all right up there, Murray, who we mentioned earlier as well. And um, Jazz Tavunga, I'll tell you what, he's been a guy we, we've liked, um, I think even last year, but this year especially. And he's just nicely accumulating for you. Even with Simon Mannering back, he still had good minutes. So one to keep watching if Mannering takes over a bit from Tavunga. But certainly that, that was, was nice to see um, against the Cowboys last week. The biggest drops, um, Gareth Widdop and, uh, and Rob Jennings. And what comes up must come down, basically. But if you're a Whittup owner, I mean, you've got to take the points at this point. I think it's good to sort of have money in the bank, that's for sure. But in this case, I don't think it really matters, Ryan, how much he he's predicted to lose because um, you know, any given week he can put up massive numbers. It isn't a great matchup against the Sharks, of course. They're usually pretty frugal um, to backline players, but still, just his average alone suggests he should do okay. Yep. Um would it, he's like he's kind of a like you ride or die. You got to have a couple of those players. You got to just go. Okay, look, I'm going to lose seventy on him. Um, but you know, if you have got another couple of guys uh, that we mentioned in the rises, then they make up for that shortfall. Um, but to offset that, you get the points that Woodup provides. Um, he had a down week last week. He'll go up. He'll go up um, this week or next. Um, yeah, go up in score, not in price. He'll even, I think he's yeah. break evens under it, something ridiculous anyway. But but that's okay, like we said. Like, we don't expect him to stay at that price. I think, you know, if you're really struggling in other positions and maybe you're doing that just with up to jacks just to sort of really bolster another position, but... Oh. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, we'll see We'll see what the others are asking and see maybe there's a scenario that that works. Um, Roger Tuivasa-Shek and Moses Embi are others that will drop quite substantially, but I think a similar story can be told with those two. We are a little concerned with Embi. Maybe Ricky Stewart figured him out a little bit um, in that game, so maybe other coaches will jump on the back of that. Matt Dufty due to go down, and I only say this because if you don't own him, you might want to bring him in after this game. That's a tough matchup against the Sharks. They're pretty good against fullbacks. In fact, they're the toughest team for fullbacks to score supercoach points against. So maybe the week after you're thinking, now I can look to bring Dufty in. Certain Rappiner, Jordan Rappiner, who's due to go down another 40,000 this week, but um, that's based on a prediction of 35. 
Now, we know from last year what he's capable, and years gone by, he's capable of much better than that. So we're saying, uh, and we're very low to do this, predictor is usually right, but in this scenario at that cost, we're saying that you could trade in Jordan Rappiner this week, um, and even if he did go down a little bit more, you still got him at a good price, and certainly from then on, that, that should that should be about where he hits rock bottom and then he starts to climb. We know what he's capable of doing. Sean Johnson, another one, 30,000 due to go down potentially. Um, that's based on a score of 50, which, you know, I think against the Broncos is probably about right. Um, so that he could be another one that the, the week after you're looking to bring in and you might need to make your trades this week in a way that you have enough money next week to afford him. Um, we'll... That's all for the app. There's a two-round price rises as well. Some of the similar names you mentioned earlier right in there, but it's good to check if you're looking at longer-term trades. So all of this information on the app, you can um, get it today, basically. Even if you've missed the, missed the start of the season, there's still plenty of information that will really, really help you. I know I've had some tweets of recent times of people that, that bought it more recently, and they're raving about it just the same as the people that have owned it, you know, all last year and all, and since round one this year. That critical information, the highest price rise over the two rounds is great. The Dominator's great. Ryan, I know you're a big fan of the Dominator. I've already updated that this week. Most of the, the other stuff, the predictor stuff, goes up straight after we do this show. So it's all up there from Tuesday night for you, and then you can basically get all the information and then of course there's the money ball stuff as well and this very podcast delivered straight to your phone how's that for convenience beautiful that's all you need really um yet yeah, i do love the dominator i really do um it you know is if you've got a i guess a game day situation um you know you've got one player versus the other who do i play who do i don't check out the dominator um you know crunch the numbers and um you know it, Honestly, I've this season I, I haven't gone when I've used the dominator for certain positions. The dominator is coming out on top every time, um, as opposed to my, you know, your own biases or thinking. So, so yeah. yeah, you can't really can't really fault it at the moment. Sometimes you'll just be thinking of something like, oh, I remember such and such had a good game against them. He plays the same position, etc. The dominator, you can really. Um, then just show that in, in sort of black and white. Or in fact, you know, like it, like it just says, yeah, fullbacks against this team, like the Sharks. The Sharks are very frugal to fullbacks. So if you did have a have a 50-50 call and one of those two fullbacks are playing the Sharks, then you're either leaving him out of your 17 or if he's a guy like Tommy Turbo, you're keeping him in but not making him captain, you know, etc., etc. That's where the dominator can come in real handy. And you'll see those trends happen over and over. And in reverse, some of these hits like the Ryan Madison, Again, against the Sharks, the right edge players, probably not one that we might have would have would have really thought on the surface, um, but certainly something that's that's popping up this year that Cronulla are really struggling to stop right edge players. And you know, Ryan Madison, what a game! Tweets, time, and Facebook messages. Uh, TVE asks, "Hey guys, is Widdop a hold or should I cash in to Sean Johnson or Riley Jacks if named? Well, he has been named. Also, what is the best to RF option out of?" Uh, um, Tamalolo, Gallon, Fitzgibbon or Arrow. Um, we've talked a bit about Widdop already. I do get it if you're wanting to make some quick cash, but I just don't see the point. You're, you own Gareth Widdop. You're, you're laughing. 
it's those of us that don't own him that are, you know, <laughs> wishing we got him at the right time. And we probably wouldn't be letting him go if we had him. So I think let's look at the second half of that question in more detail, Ryan. I know you've been sort of crunching the numbers uh, in regards to the, to those four guys, um, <laughs> Tomalolo, Gallon, Fitzgibbon and Arrow. Yeah, I have. Um, I, yeah, because the... It kind of interested me as well, that question, because I was kind of in that same kind of uh, situation thinking about um, second rounds. But I had a look um, over the, you know, first five rounds, so it's it's a small sample. But um, Gallon's going at um, 1.02 points per minute. Tamalolo's going at 1.08. Fitzgibbon is going at 1.38. And Jai Arrow is going at 1.29 points per minute. Um, now, the thing is with um, Jai Arrow, he's playing... Between 50 and 60 minutes a game, um, I can't imagine that's going to decrease. It may increase, though. Um, the thing with Lachlan Fitzgibbon, he's played he's played the full every minute of every game that Newcastle has played. So even the 88-minute um, game versus Manly in round one, I believe it was, um, he's played, yeah, all of that. Uh, Tomalolo has been playing... 50, 50 plus, but not much more than that. Um, and Gallon has been sitting around the 50, 50 minute mark. However, um, the you know most recent game he played seventy one minutes. So I don't think he's going to be able to play that amount of minutes consistently for the rest of the season. So I, I think you know you're sitting more at the sixty minute mark. So they're all you know much of a muchness, with the exception of Fitzgibbon, who's played the full eighty. Now look the. Gallon and Tamalolo at 590 and 554. I, I think compared to Fitzgibbon at 505 and Jai Arrow at 502, I, I think we can narrow it down to Fitzgibbon and Jai Arrow um, because Fitzgibbon's uh, average is 59 at the moment, whereas Jai Arrow's is 72. Now, uh, Jai Arrow is obviously going to be. Um, Buffered by the 138, um, which is a which is anomaly. But um, when you look at that, just on straight on straight stats, um, Jaiaro is um, the clear winner out of that. Love Jaiaro. It's a shame that you. I don't know why. Why you? Don't, I know you're a regular listener. Why you don't already own him? Because I think we wax lyrical about him for two weeks straight. <laughs> um, it's a shame you didn't get him at a cheaper cost because now he's still he's still I think you're right he's still good. I there's something in my mind's eye, Ryan, that's playing over and over with this criticism of, of Jonathan Thurston, etc. They come up against the Bulldogs. They're at home. It's Clemmer and Woods versus Tomalolo essentially. He has a chance to go ridiculous. We saw Gallon and Fafita do it last week when you know, certainly Gallon's been below par. It might yep. just be Tamalolo's turn. He's been disappointing, except for round one. No, he has. And this could be the week. And again, when you're looking at price, Arrow's the value here. Oh, Arrow's the value by such a long way. But don't be um, shocked. Don't be shocked if this week Tamalolo puts up a 90. No, that's right. I mean, look, Tamalolo, out of the total points scored, out of those four guys, he's scored the least by mm. 20 yeah, he's been disappointing, and yep. and um, that but that's something I'm I'm just looking at that matchup, Clemmer and Woods, and I'm just thinking if Tamalolo wants to to test himself 
and to, and and if if they get a bit of a rev up the Cowboys and say, look, our champion halves, you know, he's been pilloried essentially this week. Those forwards are going to stand up on his behalf in that game. So Tamalolo will have a big game. I'm 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 almost certain of it. Um, Rob Elkington asks, do you think Osako has hit his peak? And even if he has, is there much out there to trade for and what to do with JT, hold or sell? I think the first half's pretty clear. I think Osako has peaked. Um, it's not a, it's not the world's worst break even of 42, but considering that centre and wing has been a bit of a, a, a disaster point and you've got a guy, as we mentioned earlier, you've got Jordan Rappiner, um sitting there at 483. I think you try to upgrade... Um, and then obviously you've got to find some extra cash. But we mentioned three guys that are very affordable right now in Riley Jacks, in Jack Goshevsky, and in George Jennings. So if you can turn um, Asako and Duahi, for example, um, if you've got enough salary left over from last week, into Rapina and um, and also George Jennings, then do that. You might have to look at other positions. You might have to look at one of your halves situation. Now, I guess that brings us to JT. Ryan, um, I think my thoughts on JT is pretty clear, but what are you thinking, hold or sell? Because that could be a position where you could go first into jacks to save some money, obviously. Well, I do own JT. And to be honest, I was... I was thinking maybe maybe it's time to move on. However, I think this round, and we you just mentioned it before, this round is a good matchup for JT. Yeah. It's a very good one. So perhaps you want to hold him at least for this week and see how it goes. If he tanks out this week against the Bulldogs, then, well, you might just have to go, okay, thank you for all you've done for me, but we're going, we're going in another direction. Yeah. Uh, and Jack's is... You, you can make the same move next week. Yeah, Jacks could have a big game and, and Thurston could have a small game this week and you might be thinking, oh, I could have done with those points. But are you even starting Jacks this week? You know, are you really looking at your 17 going, yeah, I'm going to take that chance? It is a great matchup for him, but, you know, there's there's a lot of variables there. We don't even know for 100% if Bellamy's going to stick with that roster. You can yeah. always make that move next week. It'll cost you some money. From Thurston's point of view, if he doesn't hit his high break even of 92 but maybe you just need to give it that other week. Now, I get it, though. If you're trying to move a Sarko on for someone better and you need the money, you know, that's, that's where it gets tricky. But, I mean, Nathan Brown's out there and he hasn't been setting the world on fire. Now he's out for two weeks. Maybe you can save your money there. Yeah, there's a lot of places to go. Paul Camino asks, you were spot on, Re Arrow and Jazz Tavunga. Well done. Well, thanks. Uh, kudos. This week I was thinking of trading out Whitehead, who seems to have peaked, and Asako to get JFH and Joey Lolua. What are your thoughts on this? I, Ryan, I like the way he's going. I, I mean, Whitehead, I think, has got another good matchup this week. Um, but obviously, he's obviously. Paul's in the potential now where he can start to get some guys to lay the platform for his whole season, and there's no guarantee Whitehead's going to be one of those guys. Uh, obviously, Asako isn't. We just mentioned him here. I think he's a sell. But um, JFH and Leilua, they're kind of spotty players. You know, if I, if I already mentioned Rappin, I mean, I'm thinking maybe look at a real big name, you know, and then one of those cheapies we mentioned earlier instead. Yeah, well, out of that 
combination that is mentioned, I, I don't mind Fisher Harris. I'm not so I'm not sold on Leilua um, in any shape, way or form. He yeah had a good great game um, on the Thursday, but um, that's all he's had this year. In all honesty, um, so yeah, you could think about. I mean, look, you've got someone like um, Michael Gordon who is a dual position of um, centre and fullback. So, jeez, oh, you could go to someone like him. Um, and what, what about Kalen Ponga? Like, he might not own him yet. Um, 562, Whitehead's, you know, 540. Like, they're similar. Is there some way that he could make that work? I, I don't know. He may already own two fullbacks, but maybe... I was going to say, yeah, if he can move him around. If he could move that, to a centre wing. Because I, I just feel like at this point in the game, if you have the opportunity to get a guy that's going to be a be a foundation of your team ongoing, and I think you can do that with Whitehead and Asaka, you can move them both out and really get a guy that that's going to be a difference maker most weeks. Um I would be really tempted to go that way. Whether you, you take a pun on Rappiner, um, maybe you and Aitken. We love Aitken. Maybe you know he's a he's a guy that doesn't probably isn't probably in that many lineups, um, considering how well he's been going. Um, but you know, I I just think if you can get a guy that's going to be a plug and play every week out of those two, which I think you can at this point. And a young up-and-comer. I mean, Jack Koshevsky could slot straight in for Whitehead and then you've got a ton of catch for a, for a centre winger or even better if you can get Ponga in there. Let's go to Jono's question now. Plenty of cows starting to fatten, but no new cows on the horizon to cash out on and way too early to nuff them out. With, without cash generation, difficult to upgrade strategy thoughts. Great question, John. And I've got to say... After watching NRL 360 and seeing your, your question read out on that one, I feel pretty privileged that uh, we're still able to answer your questions too. Um, <laughs> we'll, it's we'll, a, we'll be thinking with our big head, not our little. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> um, strategy thoughts with that big head, right? Um, I, I am thinking... As far as, yeah, too early enough out, obviously. And a lot of these guys, like your kick-outs, getting good opportunities. Robbie Rocco is still a minus break-even. Um, I think you you, you want to move on on some of these guys and pick up, you know, some really good players in their stead. But I don't know if they're... I don't know if there's a lot available at the moment. And so that strategy really becomes important. It does. I, I think going, um, uh, I, I guess the best way to put it is cutthroat. Um, so perhaps have a, have a, you know, a, a certain number in mind for your guns. Um, you know, I, I want them to get, you know, this average over five rounds. And if they don't do that, then I'm going to move on from them and, you know, go to a cheaper, a cheaper option. And that's the way to build, build your cash, obviously. Um, but, what price would you put like what price are you looking at a potential gun like a gallon is under the 600 right now um maybe you moved on from him earlier in the year um rapiner's under 500 
you know, there's some other juicy prices out there on names that are that are pretty decent. Is there is there a is there a price that a player will get to where you say, well, I don't care that he's been doing nothing this year. I'm just going to pick that up on potential because it's just too cheap to ignore. Oh, you'd have to say if a player dips into the fours, that is normally, you know, that is normally a, a higher class player. He dips, you know, into the very into the low fives or into the fours. Then I think that's a pick up because. And, and you know everyone's going to have dips in, in in a season, but you know that the good players are going to are going to you know pull out those good games. Like we talked about Thurston, um, you know, saying that yeah he's got a good matchup, and everyone forgets that like you know I, I guess the start of a season is only five weeks ago, but he started with a fifty-four, then a hundred and ten, then a forty-two. Yeah. And I mean, you know, he's down um, to five oh eight now, and it's looking like he's going to probably drop a little bit further than that as well. But it's that kind of that kind of thing you've got to look at. It's like, well, you know, uh, if, if you're going to go from say, you know, you're worried about Widdop losing the cash, and you want to go to someone else, um, and Thurston's you know drop below that five hundred mark, then you're thinking, well, he's probably pretty good. Uh, you know, a pretty good pickup now because you're banking on improvement because you've seen it time and time again, year after year. Yeah, and I mean, I know for me, like most of my money makers are still got low low enough break-evens. It's hard to sort of get rid of them. I actually would like to move on from a couple of them and start buying a couple more keepers. Um, because some of the keepers I had before, um, they didn't work out as well as I wanted. And, and the centre and winger was a position in particular that I deliberately went weak on because I thought it was so hard to predict. I'll just make some money elsewhere, and then when when we see the trends, that's when I'll pick them up. Now, unfortunately, there's been no trends. Centre and winger's been just a nightmare. And you basically have to have seven strong centre and wingers own the app and look at the predictor and dominator every single week and pick your four best. I think that's the strategy for centre wing is the opposite essentially of what I thought I might go in on um, of going very light I think you need to go heavy and you need it and some of these other positions we've seen some good pickups like your kick house Murray's been affordable arrow and I think they're the ones where you know you could have gone a bit lighter on in, in those positions usually of strength and, and picked up some of these guys that have really stepped up Rocco um, is another one obviously Damien Cook at Hooker has done a tremendous job so if you have got some nice fattening cows that you can get rid of, I think you're looking to those guys we mentioned earlier. Goshevsky for sure. Um, Sirinan's out for the season. So someone's got to take that role. So I think that, that's a that's a gimme. If you owned kick out, you probably did. I think everyone did. I wouldn't get rid of him yet because of the fact now he's going to get extra minutes. Um, I would look at Riley Jacks really, really closely, um, purely because he's got a high, high likely cost increase. I would look at Corey Harawir and Ira. We saw what he could do last year. He's at 365. Um, now, again, getting that start, who knows? It will be for a little while yet, we would think, unless Griffin calls a late change to his lineup, which I know it's possible he's been doing it almost every week. Um, but certainly you could look at that. Um, and even George Jennings, just purely to make a bit of quick cash, you could make that move on him. Um, it is too early to nuff out. Um, but 
yeah, at this point, you're just trying to keep making money. Every member of your roster should be doing something. You know, you need, even if they're not starting, they should be doing something. Pat asks, is to power hold? Also, is Lodge to JFH a good trade for both cash generation and 10 plus points per game? Um, I think Tapao's been playing at a reasonable enough level, Ryan. I, 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 I mean, I, I wasn't really on the Tapao bandwagon, but there's worse options out there. Yeah, no, I think he's definitely a hold. Um, Tapao, he's um, 554. Um, he's not playing too bad. I think he's only um, going to lose, I think it's about 20... 20,000 or something. So that's not, not a hell of a lot, no. really. That's very good. Um, and this, <laughs> we're talking yeah, averaging 60. Numbers. Yeah. Which you'd take. So, yeah, I think he's a definite hold. Um, that's, yeah. Unless you've, unless you've got some other brilliant strategy uh, that involves um, torpedoing to Powers, um, yeah, I, I would hold. Interesting with the James Fisher Harris one because. I'm always wary of going sideways. Now, admittedly, looking back, the Kaelin Ponga could have worked, but I think most other ones, it's shown that you know, the sideways moves haven't really worked, and I just think it's sideways. I mean, Lodge, if you know, if you were prepared to pick him up earlier in the year, I just think he's going from strength to strength. He's only improving. Um, Fisher-Harris, what a game he had a couple of weeks ago, but, you know... <sighs> I don't know. I just I, I don't see a big difference between those two players. And I think there's other trades out there maybe are better off. Uh, Benj asks, is, is JT to SJ a sideways trade? How about Murray to Gallon? Are there any must-have centre and wingers at the moment or undervalued ones? Um, we spoke about Thurston before, saying that next, you know, this week could be a big week for him. And we also spoke about Johnson saying he's due to actually go down because he's going to lose that big game off his three-game rolling average. I think, Ryan, you already said it earlier. You said, give Thurston one more week and then decide. I think you can make that decision next week. It won't cost you much, if anything. Um, Murray to Gallon. Murray's due to go really well this week. I don't know why you'd get rid of him right now. Um, Yeah, you'd go the other way. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. Love Gallon, love Murray, but, yeah, find someone else. If if you own Nathan Brown, you're desperate to bring Paul Gallon in. They are, they're almost the same price, which is great, a great deal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you don't have Gallon and you've got Brown, you just lost him for two weeks. So if you are going to yep. do a sideways move, at least it's someone in that, you know, someone that's playing over someone that's not. And um, I think at any any time of the year, if someone said to you, I'll give you a straight swap Brown for Gallon, which is pretty much what it is, you'd take it. Um, yeah. Must have centre and wingers at the moment. Oh, this is the toughest question in Supercoach land, isn't it? It is. It so is. Um, look, we discussed a few guys earlier, and I'm going to harp on about it, but Michael Gordon is a good pickup. Um, the other guy who I think is a good pickup, he's a little bit more expensive now, um, that he's started to prove his uh, super coach worth, uh, I guess, and, you know, earn his NRL stripes, um, is Isan Masters. Yeah, he gets a lot of tackle busts. He does. Um, he's averaging 63. And don't let last week fool you because the storm stifle anyone, super coach wise. Yeah. Um, the other guy, um, another Tigers player, it's Corey Thompson. He's a little bit cheaper. Um, he's still averaging 61. He didn't have a great game last week either, uh, super coach points wise. Uh, but 
you know, it, it's what, what are you playing for? Are you playing for each week? Or are you playing for the season? So you know, you've. I know a lot of people are, and I think a lot of people this this year in particular have been chasing points. Um, like when Philip Sammy went bananas um, against the Broncos, everyone piled in on him, and then yeah, he had such a good game. He had a terrible game, but you know he's going to make you a ton of cash. So yep. that's the that's the thing. But at some point, yep. you're right. You can't chasing just rely cash, on, chasing points. You got to yeah, you've got to right. settle on that. You've got to. And I, as a few, I think you've really got to look now. And it's been really difficult to predict. That's the other thing about this season. Um, predicting super coaches is, is actually still easier than actually predicting a, a tipping. Do you tipping? <laughs> Let's face it. Um, that's been really really tough. So when you're trying to look at um, game scripts, it's difficult. I think, you know, your Ryan Madison's U and Aitkins have proved themselves. So obviously they're your number ones and two, I think, in, in the centres. The Raiders have got a great matchup against the Eels. Um, so you're looking at Leilua. I know earlier we talked about, well, I wouldn't move to Leilua, but he's got a terrific matchup this week. He could have a very good score again. Obviously, Croker, um, we've mentioned it up and over and over. I think you look at the, Richard Kenner's come back, you know, so that's great. Um, thing Clint Gutherson's back, so you're watching for him. Uh, Corey Thompson, you already mentioned. I think he's right up there, predictor wise. Certainly, Peter Hiku. Peter Hiku, you must already have surely because he is yeah, an out now. You don't need him. You need him. <laughs> he's just anyone playing outside Sean Johnson. Tyler Harris is a shame. He is not center winger eligible this year. You know, we'd have <laughs> him straight in. Um, so I, I'll mention two others on potential. Um, well, even three. I could throw Josh Mansour in there as well. But Corey Oates and Kyle Felt, I think they're two that could have some big games. We already saw Felt have a good one last week. In fact, Oates had a good one last week too. Um, yep. I think they're two guys that any given week, they can go well. And if you can work yourself up by the midway point of the season where you do have seven strong center wingers to choose from, I think they'd certainly be capable of being two of those guys. All right, that, that does it for the show. What what a monster! Um, <laughs> good good questions we've got to say because that that really made yeah. us uh, <laughs> in our heart, peak tonight. Actually, <laughs> kept us going. Um, all right, Brian, thank you so much. Oh, we might be talking to you next week, if not, obviously the week after. Um, but thank you very much for tonight. No worries at all. And of course, I'm Paulie G. We'll be back next week. Make sure you get that up if you don't already own it. www.supercoachpros.com. Follow the links. It's got everything there. Recaps, previews, the Moneyball stuff, the Predict, the Dominator, this podcast, Twitter, Facebook. You just It's a bevy of information and it just will help you dominate your Supercoach League. That's all for tonight. Bye for now.